Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. a podcast about um, the Bible and how it is deeply weird and kind of hilarious. Uh, I am Tori Williams Douglas, and I am a Bible college dropout. Very, very proudly so. And um, have a lot of, have a lot of Bible under my belt. (laughs) 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 Like I've done a lot. I've done a lot of Bibling. I don't think you understand. So uh, I'll explain that. And my co-host is uh, Justin Gentry. I am a seminarian and ministry dropout. Uh, I also have a lot of Bible under my belt. We've been there. We've done that. And we're dusting off our Bibles and looking at Bible and Christian culture and realizing that it is it is deeply weird. And I think we should call that out sometimes. I, I think so too. Um, I don't know if we need to do this at the beginning of every show. However, I just occurred to me, like somebody might sincerely believe when they're getting started, like listening to this, that it's actually some kind of a Bible study podcast and it is absolutely not. So no. please, this is, this is, um, we want to respect your time. Just go ahead and delete this episode and go on your merry way because yes. we, we talk about the Bible, you know, and we read scripture, but um, it's not. And we're not malicious. No. But we're just, we like, we, we just make think pl- it's weird. We make playful jabs. And so if you're not here for playful jabs at the Bible and Christian culture, that's okay. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But, you know, you may, I mean, still subscribe. Give us a five-star review. That's true. You don't need that's to true. You don't need to listen. You don't need to listen to any of the episodes. That's no, perfect. That's yeah. fine. Save yourself the time. Save yourself the time. That's good. (laughs) I've been trying to describe what we do, and maybe some of our listeners can describe it better, you know, through email or comments or something. But, you know, I don't think we're not here to tear things down. We're just kind of here to, like, look at this thing. (laughs) Like, and point it. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. It's intense. It's intense. That dude just got out of a whale. Yeah, that dude jumped out of a whale. And we that should not be normal. Like, we should not (laughs) look at that as normal oh my god so funny we're talking about god making a baby with this girl that should not be normal like i'm trying so hard not to like laugh cry right now (laughs) it's fine laugh cry shit uh yeah are we doing wait yeah first are we doing let's this week in let's talk about evangelicalism let's talk about what's going on in evangelicalism first We do do a drinking game every week, uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, one of our favorite commentators, uh, public thinkers. Um, yeah, man. like public theologian. Public, I I don't uh, know what he is. Yeah, a public pastor maybe. Uh, Sir yeah, Timothy maybe. Sir Timothy Keller, and you know th- this I, I'm refer- I'm bringing this up mostly because of his interesting antics over Easter, but he's kind of since doubled down. And it's gone on for a little while. Uh, and I just want to highlight some of these things. Because again, like, obviously, this is something that's happening in the Twitter sphere and in the, you know, cultural sphere. Um, but I do think it's related to the Bible in the sense that, you know, this is a man that's taking the Bible and, and contorting it into these strange categories and then speaking with authority about them. And so I want to I read a couple in- interesting tweets of his and some of his interesting ideas that, again, this is Holy Week over Easter, and this is what he had to say. Uh, And he was talking about sexual love. If it's not expressed in an exclusive lifelong covenant relationship, 
is dehumanizing. Uh, and, and essentially, and he clarified a little bit later, his view is, is any love that is not, you know, in a monogamous pair for life um, is subhuman, dehumanizing, less than human. And so, yeah, I feel like we should talk about that, tease that out a little bit before we get to our topic for today. Yeah, yeah, about that. Tim, you and I, you need to call me. I just want to talk. Um, (laughs) I just, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't understand the argument that he's, the argument that he's making is that you can either like lock down your entire sexuality for your entire life for some people, right. For queer folks, like you were not allowed to participate in, in sex sexuality mm-hmm. um or even like gender expression honestly for a lot of for a lot of queer folks you're just you're not allowed to participate in any of that and also like i, I know he doesn't see it this way but calling people less than human mm-hmm. right because they don't agree with him on a theological aspect that christians have been debating for 2000 years yeah right Right. And like, there's, there's been a lot of consensus, but also it, the, we're talking about a religion that is based on a holy book that has, um, a lot of very weird sexual relationships in it. Um, many of which are not consensual at all. Right. And, um, potentially like brushing some, some queer relationships under the rug. And I just, it's just, I don't understand how he can make the argument that that statement of sex outside of a monogamous heterosexual marriage is dehumanizing. And also because, and this is something that's like had a bee in my bonnet about this with Tim Keller for, for many, many years. Right. But his, his thing, his thing was like, we have to, his, his anti-gay marriage sermon round table thing that he did many years ago his argument was human flourishing, right? Like the reason that we advocate for cishet marriage, like that's the only place that you can have sex or any sexual interest or desire without sinning. That's what it, that's, that's, we embrace this view because human flourishing. Human flourishing. And it's just objectively false (laughs) to tell queer kids like you're subhuman. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's really bad for their self-esteem and mental health. Yeah. And I just, I just, I guess I want to know like what counts as, what counts as human flourishing, right? Yeah. If and, it's not joy. And I remember this when I was going through Christian marriage counseling back in the day. A oh guy, no. A guy said, well, I, I, and actually this was one of the better marriage counselors. Like if he's, you know, I would still some of the things he said, I would go, oh, that's good stuff. but. Uh, oh, okay. I think it's because he was a therapist first, and that's he, he was, led. He, he, he led was, with he, he led with that, He had he led with that foot, um, but you know he basically said fifty percent of marriages fail, and you know ish. You know it's been forty percent. It's been sixty percent. Right. Right. You know yeah. it's fifty percent yeah. yeah. is a nice shorthand. Ish. Yep. Uh, ish. Uh, and he says of those, um, only about ten percent are actually happy. Whoa. So, and again, oh. again, this was research that he gave like 15 years ago. So right. I, I right, don't right. You know, like, uh, so not super up to date necessarily, but. not super up to date. And, you know, again, but I remember hearing that and like in my evangelical mind, I was like, oh, marriage is hard. Not everybody succeeds, but I'm going to succeed. I'm going to oh, be, no. you know, um, no. but it's, it's interesting. Like the, the institution has never critiqued, like. So this institution we've created, this construct that we've made, and it was honestly, marriage as we understand it today was really made in the 40s and 50s. Like, let's, let's really absolutely like, absolutely. It was. Um, but like, so this construct that we've made, if around half of them fail, quote unquote, which, you right. know, I use that in air quotes. They end. Yeah, half they, of them end. They end. They're on the on the legal on the legal side. On the legal at the end. And of the ones that survive, only about 10% are 
self-reported as happy, to me, that would at least now, especially, would make me raise my eyebrows and go, perhaps this construct that we've created for human flourishing does not work. Like if I made a mm-hmm. if I made a product, let's just do the marketplace of ideas because the marketplace the marketplace determines everything. It's the arbiter of morality. If I created a product that only had a ten percent, had a fifty percent failure rate, and if it didn't fail, only you know really only five percent of the total people that had this product were actually happy with it. Like, and I marketed it as a product for human flourishing. American healthcare. Yeah, this is. I'm just describing American healthcare. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's, that's what we're talking about. Like, like, would we judge that as a good product? No, we would not. Republicans we would, would. Republicans would. For it sure. works great, you guys. It works great, you guys. I promise. Like, oh, yours doesn't work. You must be doing something wrong. I'm happy. Yeah. So I think it's it's interesting that they that he doubles down on that. And and again, this kind of goes into some of the other things he was saying too about about that week and when he was doubling down and going on this tirade about, you know, basically that you can't be moral, you can't be right, you can't be good unless you agree with me, as unless you have my objective view, my quote unquote objective view of morality. And, right. and, and that continues to be a problem and a stumbling block, I think, for evangelicals, conservatives. Um, and it was a stumbling block for me for a long time too, is because you're, you're trying to hamstring and fit reality into your construct. Right. And uh, the reality is too big for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely agree. I, I, I mean, I like the, I like the point that you made about like we have to. It's fair to examine and critique. And again, like to your point about five percent of people actually being happily married from like the time that they get married to the time that they pass away. Is that human flourishing? Like five percent is what you call winning, big time. Yeah. Like yeah. that, how, how, like who is served by this? And, you know, something that I was thinking about um, earlier today was that part of the reason for purity culture, trying to stuff people into marriages kind of as quickly as possible um, is because if you are never, if you were, if you were always in survival mode, whatever that looks like, you don't know what you like because you never have the time space energy resources to explore that right um so in in these contexts in these marriages that are supposed to be like this is this is and they hype it so much right they tell you like it's it's i mean it's like saying you're you're gonna win a mercedes right and then you show up and it's like a 1990 geo metro yeah (laughs) and they're like oh don't worry it gets better over time yeah. Right. And so they keep like they keep moving the goalpost. <laughs> yeah. Like it'll get better. Don't worry. Oh, that first year is awful. But you know, right. it'll get better. Was it Ab- I think it was like an Abraham Piper TikTok or something. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna plug him. Like, but I remember he talked about relationships in one of his TikToks. And he was basically talking about it's luck. Like it is blind luck that you that who you end up with is with you for any amount of time, whether it's, you know, a month or 50 years, like it is, you know, it's, it's blind luck. I, I happen to have been fortunate to have a partner that, you know, deconstructed their faith around the same time, you know, that destroys a lot of marriages and, yes, and, or creates a lot of unneeded tension. Um, you know, when you have one partner going to church and the other partner, not, and so I, I definitely, but it's not because I'm like this great person at relationships I am I can be you know I am a Enneagram 7 with like severe ADHD I am shit at relationships sometimes you know like yeah I'm not gonna throw all my fellow uh you know neurodiverse folks under the bus but like you know like emotions and reading them and being mindful of other people's time is just not on my radar a lot a lot of it's something I have to yeah. work at. It's hard for me. It's not, I'm not naturally good at relationships. I'll just say that. Right. Uh, and so it's not like, not like I'm very good at it. I just happen to luck out in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's, and that's, you know, and I, I attribute some of that just to luck and, you know, it just happened to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
was going somewhere with this. Another ADHD trait. Like there, there was a point in here somewhere. Uh, so I think, but, but again, like the, everyone is going to survive to the end. And that if you don't, it's going to, you know, everyone's going to have this great marriage up until the very end. Mm-hmm. And if you don't. And if you don't, it's a personal, like it's, a, it's, it's like a character flaw. It's a lack yeah. of personal integrity. Yeah, or you didn't love God enough. You didn't pray enough. You didn't whatever. And right. You didn't have enough faith. Yep. You know, and, and that's, that is, that is just a shame cycle that we get into over and over again. Absolutely. And it keeps, it keeps people in marriages that are deeply unhealthy sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that there's much less of that with millennials. I think that a lot of us have realized like, oh, okay. Like we don't actually have to be miserable for the rest of our lives in order to be good Christians or moral people. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And like we were talking about before I started recording, but that this whole argument is, is kind of predicated on the belief that, that consent is non-existent, right? And that love is what we decide it is, right? And so love inherently includes harm, right? If you believe in eternal conscious torment and that God is all-knowing, all-powerful and good or holy or righteous or whatever, whatever language you want to use around that, and you believe in eternal conscious torment, like your view of love inherently includes harming people yeah. like maybe not maybe not physically harming people but definitely like eternally harming people yeah. right and so when you're talking about what even like the language around this is not we're not we're not having the same conversations yeah. a lot of the time right because for me if if the point of a relationship is not like if harm reduction isn't part of your relationship like i, I don't i don't i'm not interested in that right like you're sacrificing everything for the Lord and, you know, including your mental health, your happiness, your joy, a career, like whatever. And you're just going to like suffer through it and power through it. And this is what love looks like, you know, and anything else is dehumanizing, including, including divorce. Like, let's be honest, because mm-hmm. that's included in their, like on their shit list of, of ways to not exist in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, it's so incredibly harmful, right? But I, I, I feel like it, I feel like there has to be a connection here between, again, like kind of keeping people in marriages. And I, I mean, I think it is important to point out too that some people figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people go through really hard, heavy times in their relationships and, and they manage to work it out. But I think, as you said, it's basically luck, mm-hmm. even if that's the case. Yeah. Um, so having, you know, it's like you give these people, young people, especially, and children, it's like, you can't be queer or you're subhuman, right? You can't have any kind of sexual experience or thought yeah. or you're subhuman. Yeah. And so it, it's a recipe for a bunch of very broken people right? Who are then in an evangelical space where they're told you are so broken. You are so disgusting. You are so gross, but God chose you because he loves you or because you're the elect or, you know, whatever, whatever theology you're applying to this situation. And I just think it's really, I just think it's really gross, right? How to heretic is constantly using this line. I cannot remember for the life of me who the quote is from, but, um, this idea of like, how can a loving God create you sick and then demand that you become well? Yes. Right. Right. And, and you know, I very much see this as like a parent child. Did you ever get that vibe of like parent child relationship? Like God is like, we're supposed to think of God as a father and someone who yeah. is available for mm-hmm. emotional comfort and support. And, and yeah. And so, you know, especially when I had kids, I was like, this relationship is very abusive. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, I was having kids was a huge part of my deconstruction. Yeah, huge. Because my partner, she she's a she's a therapist, trained therapist. So she already was like on the spanking doesn't work. Right. You know, like this does not work. Research shows it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But I but I was like, eh, I won't spank them. But you know, like, you know, if we need to get physical, we'll get physical. This is what I thought going in. Like, okay. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first time, like my daughter, I don't, I don't remember how old she was. I'm going to say three. 
like she like kept doing something I, I told her no 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 and I like just kind of flicked her hand like as mm-hmm. a as a as a warning like not even that hard right. Right. and like the look on her face like instant feedback from me like betrayal mm-hmm. harm hurt how could you do that like yeah and it was like in that moment I was like never again like yeah never again I will ever do this to you um yeah and thinking like if I had been like all in on the spare the rod put spoil the child like I would mm-hmm. have to kill that piece of empathy in me in order to yeah you'd have to reject me. that piece of information yeah and like, yeah. like absolutely no way and and that's and I think that is the one of the the sad things about these high demand religions and systems of control is that they, they continually ask you to deny what your eyes see and what your heart mm-hmm. experiences. Um, and I think that's why some of all of us going out, we don't even know how to feel anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause we're like, I, I don't, I was taught point. so long how to tr- not trust myself, how not, right. you know, it's like, and then, they, you know, so some people kind of continue living as they are. Some people have like a, like a rumspringa, you know, where it's like a second adolescence where you're like, I'm yeah. going to do whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think either of those are bad. It's just, it's, it's, a, right. it's a symptom of, you know, the situation that you've placed yourself in mm-hmm. or you were mm-hmm. placed in. Yeah. For a lot of us, I think we were just born into it. It wasn't really yeah. an option or something that we took on of our own volition. So no. Uh, what do we have to do to cancel Tim Keller? I don't know. Can we, can we hold, can we hold a meeting? I'm not sure who runs those meetings, but yes. they're like well, canceling people meetings. The Heretic Antifa Council meets next week, I think. And okay. We can, Please put him at the top of the list. We'll put, we'll cancel him. He yeah. will be canceled. I, I need him to be canceled. He will be officially canceled by Antifa <laughs> next week. Next you week. Know, so, yes. So, you know, socialism is great, but it's a lot of meetings, I will say. There's, um, yeah, there's too many meetings. Most of the meetings. could have been an email. That's true. True. Most, most of the socialist club, Antifa socialist heretic meetings could be just a, an email. So, okay. So today's so topic, I mean, that was, that was kind of long, but I just feel like it was important for us to address. But uh, so for today, uh, we do have a little drinking game for today. And we're going to be talking a bit about uh, young earth creationism and where that comes from in the Bible. And also uh, just how crazy it is, because I was definitely indoctrinated into that army. And, you know, I'm going to get me some free therapy today. So talking about it. <laughs> so, uh, so today's drinking game, anytime you hear us talk about the earth being a few thousand years old, uh, take a drink, because that's some messed up stuff. And if, if you don't drink, if you can't drink, perfectly fine. Drink some water. Just, you know, do a push-up. Enjoy yourself. As we yep. And we talk a little bit about this crazy world called Young Earth Creationism. That was just invented very recently. Yes. I'm pretty sure, like, oh God. Anyway, never mind. We'll talk about it. We yeah. will talk about it. So, uh, well, go ahead. I, well, I'll let you start. Go ahead. And you... Tell yeah. us a little bit about Young Earth Creationism, your experience in it, and I can share mine, and that'll be a kind of our little story time, and then we'll just kind of go back and forth about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, growing up in like predominantly white evangelical spaces, um, Young Earth Creationism was just kind of accepted as the norm. It wasn't, there wasn't a ton of debate about it. Um, in my particular household, I think it was kind of unique in that my mom, like, my mom very much liked every form and flavor of Christianity, like anything that she could kind of bring in. She was, she's kind of a syncretic Christian in a way, like, like Lent and Advent obviously are like included in, in our yearly calendar and in our Bible reading and all these things. So um, for her, it was, her perspective was, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if the earth is 6,000 years old or if it is. 3.8 billion years old. I can't remember. I can never remember how old this planet is anyway. Um, but, and, and my dad, honestly, he's, he's very kind of, he's really into science, which is a weird thing. I think for a lot of, for a lot of evangelicals, it's a, that's a very, very tenuous line to try to walk. Um, but you know, my dad was also of the same belief of like, it doesn't actually like nobody's going to go to hell because they believe that the earth is the wrong age. 
right? And so for them, it was like, this is a very secondary issue. But I think in, you know, in our wider, in our church, you know, in our homeschool groups, um, it was just kind of accepted that, yeah, like God created the planet or the universe. I don't TBD, like in six literal days. So that, and then, you know, he got real tired. And so he had to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, if I created the whole world, I would also take naps. So I, I respect that at least, you know, yeah. got to work hard, play hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. um, but yeah, it was in, you know, it was in my, like I said, I was homeschooled. So it was in my textbooks is in my, you know, and they had, they had like this little chart of like, this is the year it is now. And then they started counting back kind of yep. like went back. So like did Jesus you have, and did then you like, have a Becca books. Or I a, did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We frequently my... had a Becca books. Yeah. Yes. And so they would include these little timelines of like, yeah, it was like the earth is 6,437 years old and here's the receipts. And they would mm-hmm. like pull out all of these Bible verses that had like literal years written down. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're just going to add all these years together. And then ta-da, we got 6,000 ish. Yeah. These are the years the Bible can account for. So this is all we have. Right. Yeah. Right. I think there's, I think they included like the gap um between the end of the old testament or the last books of the old testament and the new testament right like yeah maccabees and all that stuff i think they included that that amount of time too it's really interesting to see like what was included and what wasn't yeah yeah but yeah what about you like what was were you like die hard young yeah earth? so it's interesting that i i was definitely radicalized as a kid in my environment Mm. radicalized like it wasn't it wasn't militant but it was i was a doctor but it's propaganda yeah it's propaganda propaganda. um so i think my mom was i think it was a very much a secondary issue for her or my mom was a very practical person in the sense that like who kind of who cares like why does it matter um my dad was my dad's a christian but he was much more into the sciences i think much more open to the idea of evolution and things like that but I went to a Christian school that was, yeah, big into the Abeka program, Gothard, like very, very conservative, like extremely conservative. We went to a Ken Ham seminar, like this was second grade. And that's, that's I, I remember weird. being very excited about it because it's dinosaurs and Noah's Ark, like all my favorite things, you know. And, and so I remember being told, you know, very, very straight faced, you know, if, you know, this is the way it is. 24 hour mm-hmm. periods of time, God created the earth. And if you do not believe this, if you don't believe that the earth is 6,000 years old, if you don't believe, then you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You can't be a Christian if you don't believe these things. Uh, you know, it's this very flat view of the Bible. It's all true or none of it's true. Right. You know, and, you, and, right. It's, and it's all, this interpretation is true or none of it's true. You, so you mm-hmm. can't be in our club. Uh, and I, I remember talking to my dad about it and him being like, well, you know, I believe in evolution. And I, t- I remember getting t- in arguments with my dad, like, no, dad, you can't be a Christian unless you believe this, you know? Wow. And so, and being, I don't know if I was concerned about his soul per se, because I think even then I had enough empathy and compassion to believe that, you know, God will, God will let my dad in. Right. Like, but it'll be like, you know. Like we'll kind of let him in the side door. He's not a real Christian, you know. He's just oh god, that's so funny. Yeah, you know. But I mean, again, this is seven. You know that I'm I am deep into this, and I, yeah. I think a lot of it was you know I love dinosaurs, and you know what worldview do you want to believe as a seven year old? The worldview where no one rode a dinosaur, or the one where people rode dinosaurs? Like, um. <laughs> do you want to believe in the world where there's no possible the way any dinosaur survived? Or do you want to live in a world where maybe somewhere in Africa, there's dinosaurs, you know? And it was always in Africa. Was it it in Africa? Oh, for us, it was always like, um, it was always like Southeast Asia. I don't know why. Somewhere. And like, what's hilarious about this is actually, I think that the Amazon is like still kind of the least explored space in terms of, the people documenting everything that lives in ex- anyway, whatever. I feel yeah. like this is going very Sasquatch. So I'm going to yeah. say that. So, but yeah, so they, so like, yeah, what, like you hand this worldview to a kid and of course, like the one where the world is fantastical and maybe I could meet a dinosaur and certainly my ancestors rode them. Like, 
yes, that's what I'm going to sign up for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was very much like deep into this and I, you know, I went to this, you know, conservative Christian school throughout my you know entire growing up years. And, you know, I was an honors biology class. Like, so like in Christian and, school, in Christian school, and, you know, we're learning about, you know, creationism. And I mean, we learned like cells and mitochondria and stuff like that. But when it came to like the origins of life, of course, it's creationism. Like, I think wow. maybe there might have been like an old earth, young earth creationism allowed. Maybe. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. But it was still very much a, like God can do anything. And so who's to say that God didn't just make all this happen 6,000 years ago? You know? Right. Right. And Did was, you, were you exposed to the, uh, the whole, like Satan was the one who like put all of the fossils, like that was and dinosaur bone. Okay. Okay. I, think, I didn't I think get that one younger our, either. Our stripe was more of a uh, things can fossilize in an afternoon. So who oh, are you to oh, say, God. who oh, are God. you to say that, you know, the dinosaurs didn't fossilize under these special magical conditions that don't exist anymore, but they could have existed before a flood, okay. you know, like, okay, that's the line. Uh, and so young earth creation is a very much a part of my, and we've been talking about it and maybe I should, you know, be very clear about what it is. Young earth creationism is the idea that, you know, that the Bible is 100% true and that all, any evolution is false. Mm -hmm. You know, any idea of evolution is false like there was maybe micro evolution in the sense that you know right. there are there are large dogs and small dogs or there are gray squirrels and so, brown so squirrels breeding you know. yeah breeding you know selective breeding selective breeding yeah um, aka micro evolution yeah so there's micro evolution but species don't change uh God. and that was the, wow. the big thing yeah, know, no species yeah, yeah. there's no speciating events uh, even right. though we have on record speciating events happening. I know, I know. Like within 50 years even. So it's not like, it doesn't even take long to speciate amongst, you know, fast breeding species like lizards and things like that. But anyway, whatever. Um, it'd be interesting to see what Answers in Genesis and these little organizations have to say about those findings. I'm sure they think that they're, but you know, this is pseudoscience. This is pseudoscience writ large. Yeah. And yeah. And it teaches you as a kid to be skeptical of established science. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that, that to me is the problem. And this goes, this links to Timothy Killer and human flourishing and all of those things, which is like, we have the answer for everything. We have the answer for right. where life came from. We have the answer yes. for how to be human. We, any question you have, the answer is found in this book and you have to, you have to believe it. And any evidence to the contrary is false. Like it, no evidence can be true unless it conforms to this thing and, and our narrow interpretation of the thing. And that was something I carried with me like into college, you know, like, and I, I have friends yeah. studying to be doctors. Like, so like we're getting into like real world application here. I have friends studying to be doctors and they are being taught creationism. <laughs> Or they're not being taught anything. Like there might be like they wow. like their science department might because I remember I asked them, like, what are they what are they teaching you in biology classes? And they're like, we they don't really talk about the origin of life. It's just you know practical application type stuff, you know, because we're studying. I don't, I don't how do, how does how does that work? I don't understand like because origin of life stuff is literally biology 101. So I don't understand like how do you even get to like cell structure and development if you, if you don't know where anything's coming from that's so weird to me i did not know that was a thing i had no yeah. idea yeah so so this is this is collegiate level teaching as well in conservative spaces it's nuts it's yeah. absolutely nuts and so yeah, you wonder why you have a bunch of anti-vaxxers and QAnon people mm -hmm. they already world. believe that science is evil mm -hmm. right and even if they don't think that science is quote unquote evil, it is still like you have your book and I have my book and they're equal. So we're both believers. We, neither of us have proof, which is so funny because I mean, again, you don't know 
there's very little science literacy clearly in these spaces. So you don't know how data is collected and sorted and how we use that data to ask questions and then reject ideas over time that don't line up with what we're finding out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there's just, there's like this very clear quantifiable process and they just think, well, this is just something that, that Darwin came up with when he was bored one day and, you know, because he hated God or whatever, but he repented on his deathbed. And so it's fine. Yeah. He's in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and we, we saw this play out culturally in the COVID pandemic because, oh. you know, we would have scientists say, you know, Hey, you know, this, you know, like wash your groceries. I'll do that. Like say that one, like spray off your groceries because right. we, you know, and then they would come back later, a few weeks later, like, Hey, you don't need to do that. We've done some right. tests, and, you know, and there are people like, mm -hmm. well, I, you can't believe anything that they say. <laughs> well, this is how science is done. Like, you know, based, how it works based on the data and what we understand, these are the things you need to do to be safe. Like, yeah. and we're going to continue to rigorously test to figure out and then, you know, and so directives change over time. And like, that is how science should be done. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, they can't make up their mind. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, do, 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 do. This is my COVID mm -hmm. denier voice. <laughs> you know, but so they, they view, I think, and you see this in other places, do they view changing your mind as some kind of weakness or some kind of gotcha? Like, Mm -hmm. gotcha mm -hmm. you changed your mind you know yeah and my COVID and our voice just got a real southern twang <laughs> <laughs> and you know and so that is that is a sad thing too because you know again like we have this one thing and again it's it's pseudoscience you mm -hmm. know, this, this younger creationism is pseudoscience it denies every bit of evidence that we have and uh, and I will be the first one to say, if there is a credible scientific discovery that completely disproves evolution and that the earth is old, I am mm -hmm. game to entertain that idea. I don't, yeah. because I, I believe yeah. in following the evidence and lines of inquiry and what makes sense. I, there's, not, yes. uh, there's not a cabal of scientists that are trying to push evolution. Like for what reason? Like grant money is hard to come by, to, you know, so it's not like, yeah. They're not really getting wealthy. Like, I mean, I don't know how much like Fauci makes, but I can't. Fauci makes plenty of money. But yeah, most yeah. scientists make like $65,000 a year. And yeah, I'm so not exaggerating. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and these are people, obviously, so this is like a life calling. I mean, they make more than a lot of pastors, but it's not, they're not making like big money. Big bucks. No. Yeah. Um, You know, so it, they're making less than like the person at the top of your, you know, multi-level marketing essential oils person. They're making less than them yeah. for sure. Young Earth creationism, like, you know, they've got a theme park. They've got, you know, so we're going to follow the money, so to speak, you know, like. Oh God. Um, <laughs> follow it right back to Ken Ham. Yeah. I, so I, I don't, I don't, there's not like a good motive assigned other than they are against us and they are right. trying to push evolution. Trying to deceive people in order to keep them from going to heaven. You know, I, I remember when I was in high school, it's going to date myself quite a bit, but I was in high school when the Columbine shootings happened, you know, the first mm -hmm. major mass shootings and the interpretation at my high school and people at my high school were said that, you know, well, this is what happens when you treat, teach people that they're animals. They act like animals. You know, and like maybe that's true in some senses, but I would also think that maybe, you know, if you teach people that they are worthless piles of dog crap and uh, but God loves them anyway, like maybe that's also not good. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. And I think what's really interesting, I, I think it's, it's, it's such a bad faith argument, first of yeah, all. So for sure. there's that part. For sure. But, um, you know, I, I think. And I think that the problem, there's a huge problem here in that there is, there are a handful of scientists who make a lot of money and then make hella problematic statements sure. like Neil deGrasse Tyson and his, the good thing about science is that it's true, whether you believe in it or not. Like science is not a belief. Dude, yes. like, where did you even come up with this? Like science is a process. Yeah. 
Yes. It's not something you believe in. It is a way of testing information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but and that's not that's not uncommon, right? It's not uncommon for scientists to make those kinds of claims, like the, the top scientists, I guess, whether they have a PhD or not. Like, I don't really care about that part as much. Yeah. But so when they're trying to sell it as a belief, or if they believe it's a belief, which again, like you're so far removed from actual scientific processes, yeah. if these are the claims that you're making, right? Because mm-hmm you know, it's like, you're a personality at this point. You're not actually someone who's doing the work. Yeah. Um, I think that that is really easily kind of used by, by conservatives to say like, look, again, mm-hmm. belief systems, they're the same. Doesn't really matter. Like we're all going to find out in the end who's right. And it's us, yeah. um, it, you know, and I, you know, I think to, to your point about maybe the earth, maybe we're going to find a ton of evidence proving that the earth is actually quite young, right? Mm-hmm. Or that the universe is quite young. Uh, um, and, you know, having to be willing to say like, yeah, we were, we were wrong, which is fascinatingly, like that's something that scientists say that Christians will not say yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like, one thing. Yeah. That is one thing that I appreciate about science, like as a, as a, as a framework for viewing the universe, because yes. again, it's not, it's not a system of belief. It is a, it is a process. It is a posture. It is. It is a. It is a tool that you use yes. to discover the un- to discover what is there. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and that's what that the, to me that that makes more sense. And I remember this awakening happening. Hap- this awakening happening to me too when it came to politics, because you know you get accusations. Not so much anymore. It's probably less now. But when I was first getting more and more political, people would accuse. Uh, other politicians of being a flip-flopper oh 10 years ago you voted for this and now you're voting against it and i I remember being like actually that's probably a good thing like you had a position and an idea and then 10 years later you had new data and so you made a different choice that to me that is a good thing yeah yeah yeah. i've changed my mind many times i hope if i'm re if i'm listening to this podcast in 20 years I hope to have at least a few different ideas <laughs> and a yeah. few, like at yeah. least a few. I hope so. Like, like I if, I li- so. if I listen to this in 20 years and I'm like, oh, absolutely. hundred percent agree with that guy. Like I, <laughs> I I'd be very disappointed that, in both of us. Yes, I would guy. too. For sure. <laughs> Cause I, I like, that's, I, I don't know. Yeah. This belief that like being, being like this, this kind of, I, I don't know, like moral dinosaur essentially. And in, in that you like, you aren't going to change You're dead. Everything is solidified. We're not making any adjustments. I don't see like, that's not to me, that's not a very like life giving position to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Of just being like, this is the hill that I'm going to die on. And I don't care what evidence is presented to me that doesn't back it up. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that it's, you know, it's really driven by fear right? It's really driven by a fear of, of the unknown and a fear of not always being right. And there's just this idea of, you know, we have, we have to be like, we have to be hypervigilant about like Satan and sin and deception and people trying Mm -hmm. to make the world a a, worse place. And people who are trying to like lead other people into sin um, which is, I mean, that's pretty much what I was told scientists were right mm-hmm. as a child was that they were people who just were paid to, to lead humanity into sinfulness and against God. Yeah. And, um, there was not, there wasn't any actual engagement with, with the information that was present. Right. And, and I like you, the COVID is a perfect example because it's exactly what we're seeing is like, okay, well. This is what we now know. And it's not perfect. And we're gonna get better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna do a better job. And and you know, we're just doing the best we can with what we have. And I think that the rejection of of that stance of doing the best we can with what we have, and when we know better, we do better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like where does that leave you? Yeah. What, what yeah. do you have left? You have nothing left but 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 fear and anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely more comforting to have certainty. Yes. Or even the illusion of certainty. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think, it, it's, a, it's a funny push-pull. I, I want to, 
I'll kind of share this story and then I want to get your story as well mm-hmm. of kind of the moment I began to embrace the idea of evolution of that maybe, you know, because for me it was, I was a young earth creationist and then I became kind of an old earth creationist or intelligent right. design person for a while. I think that's the, that's how people get out. <laughs> I th- mostly because I began to see like, okay, there's all this evidence and, and as I got older and began reading more broadly, becoming more illiterate in the sciences because I certainly mm-hmm. wasn't and with my upbringing I I had enough of literacy to understand that I was illiterate at a certain point mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm reading I'm like voraciously reading like Stephen Hawking and just anybody I can get my hands on and then all of a sudden it's like okay like maybe God cre- maybe it was like eras of time and so it began to like Im- open up to this idea and I began, and, and again, for those of you that are listening that may still identify as Christian and maybe are struggling with what to do, I would, you know, encourage you that there are a lot of different views. There, there is old earth creationism, which is at least su- less pseudoscientific. Uh, right. There's the Biologus Foundation, which fully embraces evolution, which was a huge way mm-hmm. for me to put language out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still very firmly in the Christian sphere, but they fully right. embrace okay. all of the scientific discoveries of of evolution. Uh, it's headed by wow. Francis Collins, uh, okay. who was, you know, the head of the Human Genome Project. So, like, he's he's a legit oh, scientist. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he's a, he's a legit scientist who, you know, is is still definitely a a, a born again Christian. You know, fully, mm-hmm. you know, fully embraces mm-hmm. Christianity and the tenets of Christianity, uh, but also fully embraces that the Earth was, you know, is billions of years old and we evolved. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So. And I remember the moment when I kind of first embraced that. I felt like the world, um, you know, you get past that wall of certainty and there's a lot of fear there. For Yes, sure. yes. But once you kind of get all the way through it, it's like there is awe and wonder on the other side. Like, and I, yeah, that, that sounds really woo-woo, but that was my experience. Like every time I pushed past that, that like, oh, yeah. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, yeah. I'm afraid. I don't right. know what to believe. You know, it was like this way when I gave up hell and just like all the different barriers to getting yes. out of evangelicalism. Once you get through, it's, it is euphoric to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it's I incredible. experience it. It is this yes. incredible experience of, of the universe becoming bigger. And, and, yeah. that's, and that is a scary feeling for sure. Um, but it's, it's awe-inspiring. It's wonderful. It's good. Um, I think it it's humbling, which I think yes. is the most important part of it. Absolutely. And I think that is good. Uh, and so that's what it was like for me. And then, again, it was it was just kind of reading and thinking, and then all of a sudden realizing there's nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> and then I, I lived yeah. in Denver at the time, so I'm I went out to the there's like this park where there's all these dinosaur footprints. Yeah. And and like I was like it, it was I was like a child again. I was like, this is amazing. Look, this is millions of years old. You know, like I'm touching this footprint, and and so I like it became the world just became so much more rich and yes. interesting. Yeah. Um, not this yeah. rock is a thousand years old, but this rock is millions of years old, and it's been yes. shaped by these forces I can't even comprehend, and that is right. cool. Um, so. Was that your experience or similar experience or how did you, how did it you was pretty, get out? It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty similar um, for me. I, I kind of just had, I kind of just took the stance that science was not, a th- as, as I grew older, right? And, you know, like college and like young adult years, I really just took the stance and like, science is not a threat to my faith. It's just not. And I, like, if I am presented with evidence, I am willing to change my mind. Um, which is a big problem to have if you are an evangelical. So, um, and it was, you know, the process of kind of like letting go of like this God who is in control of all of the things and is always there. If you need to, if you need help, if you need like emotional support or care or comfort, like you always have somebody that you can call. That was, that was scary. It was scary to like leave that behind Mm -hmm. and to go, Hey, look, like there's no, I, I don't have answers for this, right? And I don't have somebody that I can always call who's going to have answers. Yeah. And so, you know, over time, I just was kind of collecting like more and more information. Like I just, I love to read. I love research. 
I'm obsessed with data, <laughs> data collection. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, it's fine if the earth is, is billions of years old, right? It is fine if the universe is 13.8 billion years old, that there's, that's fine. But then when I actually like sat down and like took a biology class at community college, I was like, oh, they like, this is, this is very well documented. Like, this is how we got this information, right? It's not like, Oh, we're just kind of guesstimating based on like how big we think that this the universe is. Yeah, it's like no, we're actually gonna we're measuring leftover radiation from the Big Bang, and then we're cross referencing that with other data that we have. Yeah, it's like we didn't we didn't you know this isn't like this isn't just like somebody pulled a number out of the sky. There's actually information that has been collected, and I think that that's you know it's really the same same thing with evolution. Right. And and the argument that over over billions of years, life evolved on our planet. And, and we're not we're not 100 percent sure how that happened. Right. Um, and just, you know, being being OK with that. And as I was kind of deconstructing and, and like leaving religion, it was actually kind of nice to know. To, it was kind of nice to think about like, OK, you know, we don't have all of the answers. And that is okay. And ultimately we are very, 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 very small insignificant parts of a massive, incredible, wonderful, terrifying experience in this universe. And for whatever reason, like Science Mike likes to say, like we are meaning-making animals and like, I can just be okay with that. I can just, mm -hmm. I can just sit and, you know, like, I, I think I already told you this, but like, uh, you from my birthday last year, we went camping at the coast. It's like, it's COVID. What else are you going to do? Yeah. And um, it was, it was, yeah, just like sitting and like on the beach at like 10 o'clock at night, there's basically no light pollution at all. And like, just listening to the waves crash on the shore and like seeing, like, just looking at the Milky Way. Mm -hmm. And kind of just sitting in that space of like, how many other human beings have been sitting right here on this beach, right? And have been looking at these exact same stars, like mm -hmm. the sky looking identical to what it looks like for me right now over tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, yeah. right? And it was just, to me that it's, it's, it is, it's awe-inspiring and it is humbling. And I, I love being not the pinnacle of creation yeah. right i love not being like you're the big boss in in the video game like i love yeah. just going like For sure everything that i am experiencing like it's valid and it is also insignificant as fuck mm -hmm. right and i i find that truly truly awe-inspiring and, and really just a beautiful experience to have yeah and you know the, like i think what you said is it's incredible like the earth just by itself is incredible, right? Like there's yeah. just, there's so much, there's so much beauty. And again, like terror, like the earth is not necessarily a friendly place for, no. for many, uh, for many people, no. plants, creatures, animals, all of the things, mm -hmm. um, you know, we just kind of happen to get lucky on this, on this little rock, but yeah, it's just, hey, when you, when you're in a place that is just so beautiful that you have a nervous system response to it, mm -hmm. right? Like that is, yeah. for me, that's just, it's, that's a spiritual, that's as close as I get to a spiritual experience. Uh, absolutely. Like, and I've had, I had this, I had a moment of that kind of weird connection with nature. We were in Yellowstone and mm -hmm. a bit, like a very same, like we, I just like turned this like kind of corner and there was this like massive elk like just there. And I was by myself. I kind of wandered off like we were, yeah. we, we were collecting firewood. Sorry, you're not supposed to do that. Right. <laughs> it's a national park, not supposed to do that. Um, but I, I was like, I was like kind of out, like away from people. Yeah, yeah. It was like there. And, and it was this like terrifying experience of like this animal is huge. Like this was, this was a bull elk and Thankfully, it was kind of on its own. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the rut or something, but um, 
it was like this this animal could destroy me but like yeah. having that like weird moment of like that connection and that is so yes. powerful and yeah. like i i am a, i am addicted to that feeling of of being wrong and being humbled and being in awe and and i don't know that i had that to near the frequency or the degree when i was an evangelical for sure yeah absolutely i mean you know, one of the things that I love in the summer in, you know, like just going out at night and, and looking at the stars is telling my kids, like everything that your body is made up of, every single atom is exactly the same stuff that's in those stars. Right. Yeah. And just like making that connection, because I think that there is like in evangelicalism, in young earth creationism, there is this disconnect, right. There's this hierarchy and, and looking at our surrounding, like looking at, at, at the world, at the planet and going like, we belong to each other and we are all made of the same ingredients. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's incredible. Yeah. I, and I don't have anything even remotely close to that in my experience as, as a believer. So yeah, for sure. Wow. So that's really good. And I, I think that is, um, that is the, that is the, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to say like, that is, that is the power of, of curiosity and, and non-belief. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like being a, being a curious, optimistic skeptic is um, probably the best thing that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, I want more of it. And, and, yes. and, it, and it is, and it, and it, it, it is spiritual. Like, I think there is a spirituality to it. There, yeah. It's not a, it, it's not a belief, unbelief in a, in a spiritual sense. Um, right. Right. Exactly. It, it is, it is a, I hold reality loosely because it's too big for me. How could I know? How could I know? Like, right. Um, yeah. Like I, like, like, like the iron in my blood that like, <laughs> like that transports oxygen allows me to live was born from like a dead star like if that doesn't like fucking blow your socks off and make you just want to sit and stare at the sky for hours like i think you're dead tim like like like, (laughs) Like, like, check your pulse (laughs) like 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 iron doesn't like it's not made on this planet like it comes from dead stars like like it's like we are made of dead stars like you know yeah that is and and spoiler alert, we will be recycled. You know, all this it, matter will be sucked up into a star and it'll explode. And all yep. this, all this will happen again somewhere else. Like, yeah. And yeah. And that is, and that, is, and again, I think, I think, I think someone who's a, a deep in evangelicalism might be like, well, you're devaluing humans. You're, you know, you believe that we're dirty and wrong just as much as you say we believe that. Right. I, I think, I mean, and I think on the outside looking in, maybe that does appear like what we're saying, you know, mm-hmm. when we do say like yeah. we're insignificant, we're tiny, we'll be recycled like that, that language can be triggering. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not how I mean it. Like I, I mean it in a very different way. And I experience that reality in a very different way now than I think yeah. I did before. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it, it is humbling and good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap this up then. I think that's a good Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Do you have any final thoughts? Like any... I mean, no. I, I'm like, I just am kind of just I'm just thinking about times that I have had those kinds of experiences, right? And just mm-hmm. like those just yeah, experiences in nature that are just completely awe-inspiring and, and again, like you have, you have a nervous system response. I mean, for me, like, I guess for me, like one of the, one of the places where I have that experience is the Canadian Rockies are just fucking incredible. Yeah. Like there's just, there's just absolutely nothing. I, I just so gorgeous, so gorgeous. And it's like, this is literally like tectonic plates being crushed together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like now they're there's and they're so fucking tall, they're covered in snow all year. Yeah. Because they're so high up in the sky. I, I don't know. Like yeah. to me, it's just like 
I, I love those experiences. I live for those experiences. And so, yeah, I'm really, you know, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm okay. If it's turns out that I'm wrong and like, there's some creator dude out there, like, I, you know what? I'm still happy with the way that I live my life. Yeah. Like, thank so. you. Thank you. Creator dude. Right. Exactly. Like, like yeah. I'm with this. Yeah. This is great. This is awesome. Like yeah. good work. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this has been go home Bible. You're drunk. And I think we're a little drunk right now, like in that good way, that euphoric way of like, just thinking about how big the universe is. And we hope, you know, yeah. certainly you listening are, are feeling something similar. Um, if you would do us a favor and follow us on all the socials. Like I know I've, I hate like coming down off like that kind of nice moment, but we're kind of transitioning into, into. It's okay. We're still talking about stars. We need stars still. We are. So still we just stars. need the stars on, on the apps. On the apps. Yes. Oh, that was, that was the perfect transition. Just, just give us the stars on the apps. That's yeah. all we need. Um, we'll yeah, fo- yeah. Follow us on the socials at go home Bible. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon at the same thing at go home bible uh so uh we also if you would like to email us questions thoughts comments uh at uh, go home bible at gmail.com is where we are located uh i'm justin gentry you can find me at, at justin d gentry and i'm yeah i'm at just at tori glass on twitter instagram uh, we're also part of irreverent media group uh you can follow them at irreverent under or underscore fm uh, uh yes on twitter at on twitter's irreverent underscore fm and then on instagram it is at irreverent dot fm yeah so uh, yeah, formatting is slightly different yeah because you know because twitter doesn't do dots uh but you know they're a great group of creators uh please check yes. them out and we will have more of them with us join us for our fun conversations yeah so thanks great. for listening have a great week and we'll see you around